listener, and welcome to episode nine of Presidents and Assholes. Hello, Melissa. Hello, Lauren. Hello, Evan. Hello. <laughs> Are you guys so excited to talk about not the ninth, but our ninth president, Herbert Clark Hoover? Yes. So am I. And before we dive too deep, I just want to say hello to any new listener who might be out there. We've been doing this now for nine weeks, so maybe we got a second listener. I don't know if we have. If we did, welcome, and let me explain to you what this podcast is. This podcast was a way for Melissa and I to educate ourselves. We are on a trivia team that plays once a week, and we are by far and away the dumbest people on the team. We contribute next to nothing. We did get that one question last week, Lauren, about the... Um, tech decks. Tech decks. <laughs> it was, what is a toy in, like, the early 2000s that um, young adolescent boys just... were ape shit over. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was, like, and it was a miniature form of what, uh, like... Activity, activity or something, or something. and yeah. you're like boom skateboards and we, next listener we wrote it at the exact same time and we looked <laughs> each other in the eyes and lifted our papers <laughs> it was really romantic um but usually there's at least one question about presidents so we thought that by educating ourselves we could become useful in trivia other than tech deck related things <laughs> It's about as expansive as my knowledge is of tech decks. I just know that they're that skateboards. They are skateboards. So. And that middle school boys used them in the early 2000s. Yep, thank you. So, this podcast is about presidents. That's where the presidents part comes from. Melissa and I are assholes. That's where the asshole part comes from. And that is also a fun play on words from a common drinking game. And because of that, we decided that we would drink during this podcast, and that is why our fantastic bartender Evan is here. Um, Evan, do you want to describe our Hubert, Hubert, <laughs> Hubert. Hu- Herbert Hoover drink? Hubert Hoover. Hoover. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> a little less enthusiasm, right? We're not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, this one was a stretch, but I think it was basically any excuse to make some type of a white Russian. Mm. But, a fun fact was Hubert Hoover <laughs> let, spearheaded one of the um, one of the most notable reliefs for the Russian famine. So, we found a word Russia, so we're doing white Russians, but the kicker is, it's not milk or cream, it's Bailey's. So, it's just a straight cup of booze. Someone's going to fall over. It's going to be great. Have fun. But, like, what, for us children, what are all the components? Um, children, we advise against drinking on this podcast, but for just uninformed 21-plus-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Uh, vodka, Kahlua, and usually milk, but we're doing Bailey's. All right, so three parts alcohol. Three parts different alcohol. That's a stretch for my usual. Yeah, normally Evan's drinks only have two ingredients, yeah. or are two separate bottles that you open, such as beer and a shot of yeah, whatever. Really got into this one. I, yeah. Evan, I can see, like, layers of color in my drink. Where it's well, like... these, the glasses are colored. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> the guys with glasses are a gradient, so. Did, I was you think, gonna, did you think I was getting better at this? I was going to give you props. I'm sorry. But with these drinks, I also always prepare a toast. And um, the toast I have today is a little dark. Um, oh, great. Coming out of our last episode, we realized that maybe my humor and Lauren's humor is not the same. I also learned that Lauren gets a little grumpy what when she's a little mean? drunk. <laughs> she's a little mean drunk. Vitriolic. <laughs> Yikes, that's a word I don't know. It's okay, I've been studying big words mm, recently. Ooh. Interesting. Um, okay, okay so the toast. The toast today is um, to the, it was the Whoville. And it Whoville. was, it was d- during the Great Depression, everywhere was pretty, pretty peeved, a little peeved at Herbert Hoover. So, um, being very thrown into this sort of Great Depression and not having a lot of money, there a lot of these shanty towns popped up. At, they were terrible. They were just like shacks and cardboard boxes. But in the spirit of sticking it to the man, they named it after their current president. And I just think it's kind of sucks for Herbert, but I don't know. They're doing the best they could. And... It makes me think of the Who's down in Whoville. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of funny. Whoville's like Doctor. Uh, like, are those related? I don't know. So are we cheersing the Whoville? Yeah, and just like naming, or let's just let's cheer the Who's down in Whoville because that's a little happier. Whoville. Let's just do some Grinch. All right, to the Grinch. To the Grinch. Oh, oh god, that's just all booze. My eyes are all watering. Different kinds of booze. My nose hurts. Oh my god, my nose is running. My eyes. I'm losing every liquid <laughs> I can right now. <laughs> are you peeing? <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that is. Oh really um, good. Evan likes it. Something. Thanks, Evan. It's not the worst drink you ever made. So. <laughs> and I'll drink it. Yeah, it's fine. You know, guys. Listener. I keep saying guys. Listener. Listener, plus maybe one friend. Um, It's a Monday night. We have work tomorrow. We normally normally record on the weekend, but it just didn't happen. So here we are, and we all just spent nine hours together. Melissa, Evan, and I are like the first ones in the office, (laughs) close to the last ones to leave, and then we just came right to my house and saw more of each other. Isn't that great? Anyway, let's talk about someone other than three of us, that being Herbert Hoover, our 31st president of the United States. Um, some things about Herbert Hoover. Why? You're going to have a hard time Is that so it? hard for me to say? You can say. call him H.H. H.H. Hooves, maybe. Um, so... He had a couple of interesting things about him. There's not much on his childhood. He's an orphan, Mm -hmm. which, again, we're kind of off to a sad start, but he was orphaned by the age of nine. Both of his parents had died. Um, But in brighter news, he grew up and became a millionaire. His net worth today would be $57 million. Holy cow. Yeah. So it's kind of like Annie, but he didn't need, what's the big guy, what's the guy with all the money? What's his name? Uh, Daddy Warbucks. Daddy Warbucks. He oh was his gosh, own so Daddy Warbucks. Um, yeah, wow, nice. Um, so he was a millionaire, and because of that, he donated all of his salary to charity. 
the guy. How great is that? So it's like we started out a little sad that he was orphaned, but I, I mean, there's a happy story there. And he's one of four, no, six presidents to live to at least 90. Hey, good for him. Wow, so, you just sped through, like, his entire life. Well, I just wanted the quick, the like... The podcast done? <laughs> that's it. He's Thanks an orphan. He made some money. For joining us. He died. Um, it's just that, you know, when you're first reading and it hits you hard at, like, nine years old orphan, yeah. you're like, oh, shit, that's sad. I... But then, like, everyone chilled because he had a freaking awesome life. I hate to bring this out Good. so soon. This All is right. such a new sub or segment, but I have a little thing about something that didn't happen <gasps> when he was a kid. Are you ready? Yep. One, two, three. Things, Things that, that didn't, didn't happen. happen. Oh, excited for this segment. Let's okay. go. Okay. So, before Herbert Hoover's parents died, mm-hmm. so he still had parents, um, he actually got really sick and he was like coughing really, really bad and his face turned purple and he literally just stopped breathing. And his family was like, He's dead. Are you saying the thing he didn't do, the thing that didn't happen, was breathing? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're so clever. No, okay, let me... Okay, so okay. they're like, he's dead. So they actually, like, put him on a couch, put the... the Don't tell like, me they buried him. They put the... Co- no, not yet. <laughs> they put the coins on his eyes, and they're coins. like... To keep... Because, like, back in the day with dead bodies, they would put coins on really? their eyes so that their eyelids wouldn't flick up. I didn't know that. So you wouldn't see the dead person's eyeballs. Okay. So we had to keep the eyelids shut. So they're like, all right, he's dead. Like, the family's mourning him. But he had a cousin that, like, raced off and found this doctor who was, like, the family doctor. And they're like, hey, we think he's dead. Like, can you, like, come confirm that this kid's dead? And so he comes over and he looks at them. He's like, um, I'm not sure. So they notice, like, a very slight tremble in, like, his body but like running through what they called his corpse so they're like well we don't know like maybe there's just like wind in the room or something so he actually like wrapped this body up in warm blankets and then he just like started removing a copious this is how it's worded a copious amount of phlegm from the toddler's throat and then he performed mouth-to-mouth recitation and then recitation yeah sure and then Herbert came too and they couldn't believe their eyes and then like the doctor's mom was there for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. It was a party. This and was she was like... a common place for your mom she, to show up to your appointments. And then she was like this very strict Quaker, and she said, God has a great work for that boy to do. That is why he was brought back to life. So the thing that Herbert Hoover didn't do was die at a young age. Boom. Wow. <laughs> Things that didn't, didn't happen. That's great. Yeah. That's great. He didn't. Breathe. He didn't he breathe. He didn't die young. He, um, I don't have any things he didn't do because we all know I, when I research, that didn't happen last episode, but when I do choose to research, I choose to look up things that actually happened. Okay. I have another thing he didn't do. Okay. Have you ever heard the famous saying that they said that Herbert Hoover said, a chicken in every pot? No. Okay. Well, he... It is rumored <laughs> that he said, um, I guarantee, like, all United States Americans, a chicken in every pot. It was kind of talking about, like, if you elect me president, we're going to be super wealthy and it'll be great. But the thing is... He, he was the president during the Depression. This was before the Depression. This is when he thought he could maybe get a chicken in every pot. No wonder everyone was pissed. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it turns out he actually never said that. The Republican Party said, like, if if you vote for Herbert Hoover, he'll put a chicken in every pot and a car in every garage. A car? And Jeez. so, But it's, like, a lot, a lot of people think that he, like, said that in some speech and he actually was never quoted for it. But I was kind of interested in, like, what it would be like to put a chicken in every pot during that day. So I did a little... I did some research. Great. So, 1929, the population of the United States was 121, roughly, million people, okay? That's a lot. Then I found the Farmer's Almanac from 1929 and looked up how many chickens we had on hand in the United (laughs) States. Unfortunately, they don't do it by 1929, so I had to look at 1930s Farmer's Almanac, so it's a year off. But we were making roughly about 380 million chickens on hand at a given time. Okay. So, like easy we could easily get a chicken in every pot but it's not even every pot that's in every person eating a whole we, chicken we could get two chickens at this point based off the population to every single person in the united states yeah but if you think about it like one family would probably eat one pot of chicken yeah and i also didn't take into account like how many pots are there in the united states it's crazy well, they you sh- don't they don't have those numbers for you to look up i feel like you didn't look that hard I, someone has to have that data i looked really <laughs> hard how many pots in the okay. U.S.? <laughs> so I continued down this rabbit hole where I looked up how much one pound of chicken cost at that time. And it was about 39 cents in roughly in like New York City. And so I just used that as like an average for all the United States. Okay. So in 1930, that would be about $47 million to buy chickens to put in every single pot. And that in 2017, just so you know, is 670 million dollars okay so it's a hefty promise yeah and so i'm like well how is he just he's not like he was a huge against like increasing the deficit so like where is he going to get this money i found it i went and found holy grail the governmental (laughs) spending in 1929 and he just needed to cut it from the healthcare budget which at that time was 93 million dollars just cut it in half and you can put a chicken in every pot. And chicken actually is super healthy. And, like, chicken soup is supposed to cure, like, a lot of illnesses. Like, your soul? Your soul. <laughs> <laughs> chicken soup is good for the soul? And I also feel like reading endearing stories out yeah. of a book. I don't know. Where's that coming from? That, uh... But, so, all he had to do was cut the healthcare budget in half in 1929. And he could have actually delivered on his promise of a chicken in every pot. But, once again, that was something that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You're welcome. This is a good segment. I don't learn much. You know how much it costs for one pound of chicken? How much was it, Lauren? It for- was 39 cents? Yes. Good yes. job. Nailed it. Um, anything else that didn't happen? Um, uh, just the stock market going up. <laughs> that was a low blow. <laughs> So, yep. Um, what else do I know about him? Um, did you know that he majored in geology in college? That is the study of rocks. Geology rocks. Mm. <laughs> um, so that's interesting that he had really no political... He wasn't a lawyer. Every single no. president has been a lawyer before now. He also he was no political like experience either. He knew a lot about rocks, though. <laughs> so, what other president has known that? He was also the first president who was born west of the Mississippi River. 
Wait, wasn't he born in Iowa? He was born in Iowa. Every, er, listener, I know you can't see this, but Evan's face just lit up like a child's face on Christmas morning. Are you from Iowa? No, you're from here. But he went, to sc- he went to school in Iowa. Oh. Alright. And well, that's the only way you would ever like Iowa, is if you were forced Hoover to spend to time Stanford, there. Stanford, so he got the hell out of there. I didn't. <laughs> Evan, you didn't go to Stanford? Oh, Yale, right? You went to Yale? No. Harvard? Still wrong. Oh, Iowa. <laughs> right, close enough. Um, so, yeah, he failed his exam to get into Stanford. Wait, then how do you get in? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the admin guy who was looking at all the applications was just like... Oh yeah, the admin guy. <laughs> Whatever that job is, you know? What's that called? What would you call that No, that's not. Just like, oh yeah, totally, the admin guy. Admin guy. Application reviewer. Officer. Was like, you know what? I admire his keenness. That's what this said. They admired his keenness. Keenness? His keenness. And so I let him in. But what makes you so keen if you failed this test? What about this test could have possibly implied that Hoover was keen? Yeah. I, I feel like keen, the definition of keen is like... Sharp. Sharp. Intelligent. Smart. Yeah. And we normally, in this day and age, measure that based off of testing scores. Right, like, what was he, like, you failed miserably, but you're keen, and I admire that. Yeah. <laughs> let him in based off of that. So, that's weird, right? That is. <laughs> I feel like my entire life I've had to prove myself. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you should show a little bit more of that keenness. 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 Oh. So weird, right? Lauren, would you say I'm keen? Um, yeah. Okay, moving on. I would say you're keen. I guess I, what I'm still struggling with now is the difference between keen and smart. Okay. Because there's clearly a difference because Hoover failed the test but showed an aptitude for keenness. Interesting. So, somebody, Evan, could you Google the definition of the word keen for us? That'd be greatly appreciated. Um, while he's doing that, I can vamp for a little bit. Uh, yeah, vamp. His name was turned into a verb that makes me uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Wasn't it? Is this the game? No, it was Hooverize. <laughs> All right. So, in 1917, Woodrow Wilson, you know, or Tommy Wilson. Thomas Woodrow. Do you want to jump in with what Keen means before I get on this? Yeah, it's just being very, this says intense or sharp, having a sharp cutting edge or point. Okay, so I had a good haircut. Demonstrating the ability to recognize or draw fine distinctions. So maybe his answers were wrong, but he called out weird things about the questions. Like, this question is missing a comma. (laughs) I feel like the answer was wrong. How he dressed, or like, he had a nice fitting suit. (laughs) The guy was... King hitting on it, and he's like, "Oh, he's yeah. dressing nice. Yeah, let's let this guy in." Stanford could use a sharp, sharp dresser, <laughs> keen son of a gun like Hoover. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Go Sounds back. good. All right. Go so back. back to this yeah. term that I hate: Hooverize. So, 1917, President Woodrow Wilson or Timothy Timothy <laughs> Thomas Wilson, he actually appointed Hoover to run the U.S. Food Administration to help conserve American resources during the war. 
So, this term Hooverize was the phrase used by Americans to connote rationing consumer goods, and it made him a household name. Huh. But, but like, <laughs> so Hooverize meant to, like, ration. But, like... Because depression. Yeah, but I yeah. just... Because, like, think about, like, Lauren, if someone's like, we're gonna beerly rise this. Yeah, it would mean to make fucking awesome. <laughs> And be like, we're beerlinizing it, and then everyone would just be perfect and beautiful and smart, and it just everything gets better. Okay. That's what it means to like beerlingize. To what does it mean to bakewellize? I feel like overthink things <laughs> and just be, like, socially uncomfortable most of the time. Okay. And just... Maybe poor depth perceptions? <laughs> Fall, hit Fall, things. Hit. Like, oh, wow, she, like, really bakewellized on the stairs today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm into it. So, Um, between all of us, yours is probably the top, then, like, Hoover Eyes, and I'd say Bakewell Eyes is coming in at the rear. (laughs) So, okay, since we're talking about Bakewellizing, being clumsy, it kind of segues into a segment I forgot to do last time, but it didn't really need any more dark to it is last words. Oh. So Hoover, his last words are unknown, not recorded, but I did find the last thing that he wrote. And he wrote it to his buddy, Harry Truman. Oh yeah, they were like little buddies. And what he wrote was, bathtubs are a menace to ex-presidents. For as you may recall, a bathtub rose up and fractured my vertebrae when I was in Venezuela on your world famine mission in 1948. <laughs> so he really bakelized that one. <laughs> fell in a bathtub. <laughs> and what's funny about that, too, well, okay, not funny. We're, we're traipsing into dark oh, territory. Oh, Lauren, she's going to say something dark that she finds funny. Did all right, it, listener, didn't... let's all think of mean things to say. <laughs> You're good at that. Yeah. Um, didn't Taft, like, get stuck in a bathtub? Yeah. Wasn't that a thing? So, like... He's right. Bathtubs are a menace to ex-presidents. And I like that he's giving, he's blaming the bathtub when he just bakelized it. You know, he was just a klutz and, and bakelized and is like, those pesky bathtubs. But that's like... <laughs> I just like him to think, those pesky bathtubs. Those pesky they're a menace. Creeping out a menace to ex-presidents. Yeah. Um, so cute. I love that. So clumsy enough fall in a bathtub, yet fine with having a dangerous pet. Wait, what did he have? He had Wait, not let me, one. Let me guess. Okay. Yeah. Alligator. Yes! What? Two alligators. Oh, not one, I didn't even research. Alligators. I feel like I don't believe you. Do you want to know why I thought of this? <laughs> why? Because we were talking about bathtubs, and I was like, what's something we keep in a bathtub? <laughs> I don't think he kept them in the bathtub. Make the bathtub more of a menace. <laughs> there were alligators. Yeah, two alligators. In it. <laughs> it was true. Maybe that's the subcontext of this letter to Truman that I didn't pick up the first time. The subtle nuance of this, I wasn't keen enough to pick up on the fact that the bathtub is a menace because it's filled with two <laughs> alligators. What were the alligators' names? I don't know. Oh. Um, Evan. Nope. Oh, and then please, on. you are, you are constantly on your phone playing like Candy Crush, can Brick you, Breaker. Can you just look <laughs> Do up. Do people still play Brick Breaker? Herbert Hoover's Alex alligator names. Alligator pet names. 
Okay, Thanks well, for being here, Evan, and for being so positive and helpful. We're trying this new thing called live fact-checking. What do you guys all think about this? It's done by Evan. It takes a long time, and he, like, always deeply sighs every time we ask him. Can you also look up what their names would be in Chinese? <laughs> you know why I bring that up? Why? Because he spoke fluent Mandarin. Shut Not up. Evan. Hoover. <laughs> to be clear. Because you're like, Evan, Evan, I had no idea. Say a couple lines. <laughs> That's crazy. Where yeah. did he learn it at? He lived yeah. in China. Oh, not He went to Stanford. Oh. Thanks for remembering. I remembered your 39, 39 cent fun fact. But that's stuck in everyone's head now. 39 <laughs> cents. 39 cents. One pound of chicken was 39 cents. Wow, that's good. Um, that's in a- college, I wrote little songs to remember things. Yeah. All right, no, so China. China. What, how long, what was he doing there? Him and his wife were just living in China, like exploring. They were just like, we're going to go do this before he became president. So they used to speak Mandarin in the White House. And what's also weird, like they would mainly do it around the staff. (laughs) That's so pretentious. You want to hear what's even worse than that? What? Is that the staff were supposed to make make themselves invisible to him. So it was said that their choices were either to jump in a closet every time he walked into a room or be fired. Lauren. I'm not kidding. So you've got this guy. Can you imagine working no. there? Like, you've got this guy walking around with his wife, and they're talking in Mandarin. Yeah, the like, seldom times you do see him, he's speaking Mandarin. Yeah, and then, like, you have to jump in a closet in order to not get fired. Right. Or, like, get behind a curtain, or, like, you, like, run behind, like, a potted plant, like, hold it up <laughs> over your face. Man, but, This I is mean, actually starting to sound kind of fun. Yeah, except you would bakelize it and, like, knock the plant over and surely be fine. I'd be like, oh, no, it's my first day! <laughs> uh, um, yep. Oh, here's, oh, you wanna, you wanna say something? Well, I just wanna jump in, like, we're talking about, like, him being a little rude to his... Staff. staff. Well, I also kind of have my presidential diss mm. that I could mm-hmm. kind of bring him down a peg, kind of humble yeah. him a little bit. Please. This is a quote coming from Calvin Coolidge, a president that came <laughs> after Herbert Hoover. Okay. And he just said, that man has offered me unsolicited, unsolicited advice for six years, and all of it is bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Go Coolidge. Seriously, he's like, all right, so this guy's not the president anymore. He's, not, he's telling me to avoid bathtubs. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just assuming he wrote to Calvin Coolidge about bathtubs, too. Uh, yeah, maybe, or maybe Truman shared it with him, and oh. Coolidge was like, ugh, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> yeah, like, Calvin Coolidge is like, hey, or not, Cal- like, Herbert Hoover to Calvin Coolidge is yep. like, hey, make sure the staff hides in closets when you're walking around. He's like, I'm not going to do that. That is a terrible advice. Yeah, like, thanks for the unsolicited bad advice. Yeah, I like to think that's what he's... That was the advice. It wasn't, like, about politics. It was, like, make sure your staff knows who's in charge. <laughs> um, interesting. <laughs> How's that uh, alligator Dude, research coming along? Not well. Okay. Oh my well, gosh. maybe they were unnamed. And... That's fine. Yeah, they just don't give them names. Um, speaking of names, mm. you guys are all familiar with the Hoover Dam, Yeah, I imagine? Oh my gosh, I had, I was gonna do this amazing joke and I just forgot about it until now. Do it. 
Do it now. No, it's not going to work. But I was just going to be like, all right, so the first fact I found is, like, do you know that Herbert Hoover, like, could hold over, like, (laughs) five million (laughs) gallons of water? Oh, shoot, that's the Hoover Dam. (laughs) Wow, that's a great fact. That's Melissa. Um, so you are familiar with the Hoover Dam. I've heard of it. You know, what's weird is he was not invited to the dedication of the Hoover Dam. Uh, do you know this? Why? Because, so he was like a big proponent of building this dam. He was like, let's do it. It's so important. And then his term is up and Roosevelt becomes president. And Roosevelt's like, Hoover didn't even do that much. We're not calling it the Hoover Dam. That's ridiculous. I'm not dedicating it to him. He's not even going to be invited. Screw that. This is the Boulder Dam. And it was called the Boulder Dam until his buddy Truman came along and was like, no, Roosevelt. Hoover was a huge advocate of this and put a lot of the wheels in motion to get this thing up and running. I'm going to name it the Hoover Dam. And he renamed it, but there was, like, no ceremony for that. Whoa. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. I thought I was going to find some really cool things about the Hoover Dam and why they named it after him. And it was like, no, he wasn't even there. <laughs> Gutless. That makes me a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> it is a little sad, but then now let's remember he was a millionaire. He had almost $60 million, so we can't feel that bad for him. Um, other things that are interesting, I'm just going to fire some off until yeah. you have a bit that you want to do. I have one, but or... I'm keeping it down. Okay, um, I'm just going to fire off stupid things then. First president to have a phone on his desk. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Uh-huh. So he was the first president probably just gabbing on the horn all day long. Talking to Truman about bathtubs and whatever else he believed to be menaces. Oh. Are you ready? Yeah, I got a good... Ready? Did you know that the Nazis attempted to blow up the Hoover Dam? Stop! Why are you doing this? Because they had this whole bit about doing facts on the Hoover Dam. You didn't have that bit. I just saw you intently Googling this while I was trying... To vamp with the telephone okay. conversation. Fine. You wouldn't look at me. I'll do, I'll do the bit I actually made. You ready for this, Lauren? Yeah. I think everyone's excited yeah, wait, for this. No, let me actually look away and start researching something else, and then you tell me how easy it is to do this podcast by yourself. Okay, ready? Oh, Lauren, I think I do know how easy it is to do this podcast by myself, because last episode, <laughs> I did the entire podcast um, by myself. Hey, two, Shay, at least I was engaged. Here, here, no, you try it where you get no reaction. Watch this. Lauren, this is a good bit. Let me, can I please? Lauren. No, go ahead. I, I'm listening. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally listening. Go Listener. Yep. I think Lauren's being a little facetious. No, you're using that wrong. No, I'm doing that right. No, you're not. Whatever. Facetious is like sarcastic. You're, Lauren's being a little, well, you are being sarcastic. I'm, I'm not, I'm being dismissive. I'm listening. <laughs> See, I don't register being dismissed. <laughs> yeah, As you can tell from last podcast, where I just kept going. All right, you ready? Yep. Let's see. Look, Lauren, look at me. See? <laughs> you hate it, don't you? I do. All right. I learned my lesson. Can we move on, please? Okay. Yeah. okay. So, what I'm going to do is I made this little segment called Who Said It? Edgar Allan Poe, 
Herbert Hoover or Panic at the Disco? <laughs> I love this bit. I can't wait for it. I'm so excited. So, listener, you can play along. Just shout out what you think it is after I finish the quote. And if you get it wrong, you have to take a drink. And that goes for Lauren and Evan. You just have to drink if Lauren gets it wrong, okay? Drinking buddy. Drink anyways. Okay, you ready? I'm going to start <laughs> off with one that I think is relatively easy. Okay. Okay? So this first one is, I wish I could write as mysterious as a cat. Edgar Allan Poe. Correct. Oh, I'll drink. Okay, yeah, you drink when I get it right. Evan, you drink every time. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yep. A good many things go around in the dark besides Santa Claus. Uh, panic at the disco? That was Herbert Hoover. What? Drink. Why was he saying that? <laughs> what? I don't know. It was in a presidential speech. <laughs> I could find the whole speech, but I didn't. Was it in a speech? For yeah, real? yeah. I found. It was a quote. Okay, ready? All right. Of puns, it has been said that those who most dislike them are those who are least able to utter them. Mm, Poe. Correct. Yeah, we're good with these Poe ones. It's a Poe thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, ready? Yep. Of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the one named War has gone. At least for a while, but famine, pestilence, and death are still charging over the earth. That's so emotional that I feel like it has to be Panic at the Disco. That is Herbert Hoover again! What? Hoover, what are you so sad about? I guess it was the depression. <laughs> that may have had something to do with it. Alright, drink, Lauren. Okay, next one. I know it's sad that I never gave a damn about the weather. But then it never gave a damn about me. Poe. That was Panic at the Disco. What? I don't know. I only know one Panic at the Disco song. And I have a question. Was that Panic at the Disco or was that Panic at the Disco? <laughs> that was Panic at the Disco okay. from the song Do You Know What I'm Singing. I don't know that song. Well, All I know is, okay, who said, I chimed in with the haven't you people ever heard of closing the goddamn door. Panic. Yes. At the Disco. <laughs> Right, did you drink, did right you drink for that one? I did, yep. Okay. Um, final one. Okay. You ready? Yep. The pa- All right. The pause between the errors and trials of the day brings on the hopes of the night. Hoover. Correct. Ah, I finally got a Do you want to know what he was re- talking yeah, about? Yeah, what was he talking about? Cocktail hour. <laughs> Samesies, Hoover. Samesies. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm going to drink just to that. You know, a good cocktail hour. hour. You finally got a Herbert Hoover quote, right? <laughs> So it's just when you pause between the errors and the trials of the day and the hopes for the night. <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. Like, he gets it. He gets it. But it's kind of bizarre that he was talking about the cocktail hour because he was president during Prohibition and he actually was said to have a fantastic wine collection, but his wife dumped it down the drain when Prohibition <laughs> hit. So she was a rule follower. She's yeah. a stickler. Yeah, she was. She's like, prohibition includes you, buddy. I don't care if you are the president of the United States. That's good, because I think it was Chester A. Arthur was like, I don't care. I'm going to drink. Yeah, Chester A. Arthur gave no fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and I also have, I was just like looking up drinking stuff with him. He was suffering from pneumonia when he was 80, and he just kept requesting a good dry martini the whole time. That's... One, awesome. Two, impressive that he survived pneumonia at 80 
in the 20s or early 30s, I suppose. Like, that is impressive. Like, today, not a lot of 80-year-olds would survive pneumonia. Yeah. But he lived another 10 years after that. So, um, medical advice for anyone suffering with pneumonia, drink a martini. Yeah. Good, <laughs> a good, good dry martini. Yeah. Medically proven to yep. cure pneumonia. But then you might kind of lose your brain a little bit and write letters about bathtubs. But that's fine. Um, back to the prohibition. <laughs> yep. He was a huge advocate for this era of no happy hours, but there is an substantiated tale. So this could be a thing that didn't happen. <laughs> um, that Hoover was actually a big fan of the martini, as I said, and he would hit up the Belgian embassy at happy hour to legally have one on foreign soil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So he would go down the block in D.C. to the Belgian embassy so he could drink a martini. That's just dramatic. But I guess if his wife was that much of a stickler, like, he had to. Like, I was just gonna say, like, who's gonna bust the president? But we already know his wife did. So, fair enough, Hoover. Yeah. Uh, cool. Good keep, on ya. Yeah, keep on keeping on, Hoover. Um, do you have any other bits anything else you'd like to bring up or no encroaching on time no, i think what we about easily skipped over all of the great depression yeah it's good because the last episode was so depressing that we didn't need back-to-back sad things and this isn't a great depression podcast again this is yeah <laughs> just not that's not the goal and we don't like to talk about the obvious things about these presidents our our Cleveland episode, you had to listen for 30 minutes before we mentioned the fact he was president twice non-consecutively. Like, this is not happening. Um, we can do um, something that's really exciting for me called a We Got Listener Mail. I was going to say, read the listener mail. Can we do a different theme song for this? Listener mail. No, like a real song tune, though, because then it'll be... It's got to be shorter than, like, ten seconds, or else the copyright laws are going to jump on us. Give me a tune. Any song? Evan just froze and just, like, seized. (laughs) What about that Sugar Ray song, Every Morning? Can we do it to that? Listener mail. Wait, let's yeah, do Yeah, no, but you could be wait. like, every episode we're reading listener mail. Okay, cut. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. Oh, wait. What if we just did Rich Girl? I like that so much You're better. a listener, and, and you wrote, wrote some mail. <laughs> and we're gonna read it anyway. Did it. You can rely on our Gmail. <laughs> I like it. All right, we, we got somewhere, so let's, we'll work on it. Yeah. But it's we'll gonna be to the tune it. of Rich Girl. For sure. Okay. So the first one I'm going to read is, okay, first off, you guys, don't, we should use their Gmail or their email account, so it's not their first and last but name. then people can email them. Hmm. So maybe don't say the at, first, just like yeah. it is. Okay, so this is Pala045. <laughs> okay. I didn't know how to say it. Pala045. Okay. Pala. He says, hello. Hey, podcaster. So it's not to both of it's us. It's to one of one us. One of us. Who? I think it. I'll read it. I'll read it to you. Okay. How about that. All right. I'm the podcaster. You're Pala. He's only emailed you. Okay. So he goes. So I frequently listen to the podcast while doing data maintenance at my job. It's a very mindless task, so it's perfect for listening to the shenanigans. This past episode, I couldn't do even the simplest mindless task. He's really bequalizing that up. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I was dying of laughter. I had to stifle laughs so my coworkers wouldn't think I was crazy because I was laughing by myself in my cube. He works in a cube like a hamster. <laughs> the hamsters are. I thought hamsters are on wheels. I just picturing him in like a little hamster glass glass case. case. Um, Pala. Oh, four, five. I want to say your job is lucky to have you. You can't even do the simplest of tasks, admittedly. Um, so hopefully review time goes well. Also, you do a lot with data maintenance. I hope that it's not important data. You know, like, I can't imagine. It's just like governmental codes. <laughs> yeah, that you're just fucking up. Um, but thanks for laughing at our dark jokes. Oh, there's one more sentence that I really think needs to be read aloud. Please. Well, I wouldn't want every episode to be Lauren berating Melissa. Mm, yes. Y'all's drunk stupor was perfect for a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. You're right, y'all's. Y'all's. It's, it's Y-A, then apostrophe, then two L's, then another apostrophe, <laughs> and an S. I like it. Y'all's. Y'all's. Uh, y'all's. Yeah, we, I definitely don't want every episode to me be me berating Melissa either. But I like to pepper it into every episode, certainly. <laughs> it, um, as my parents would tell me, it gives me character to deal with adversity. <laughs> wow. You are a strong woman. <laughs> oh, next one. We have two. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And listener, if you want to be on this segment next week, make sure you write in to prezandaholes at gmail.com. Right today. <laughs> All right. Call this- Evan. <laughs> I wonder who that bit in a while. Yeah. Oh my gosh, call Evan. He's not. He's been on his phone this whole time. So seems familiar, but this person is Beerling. Hmm. John, thirty-one. My father. <gasps> From the father of. Unless Lauren. it's a different John Beerling. It has his photo associated to his email, so okay, I, he's so looking can... right at me as I read this. <laughs> Okay. Alright, and I will read this to you, but it's actually this, he was kind enough to write to both of us, so, mm. hey, Pala, whatever the Pala 045. Yeah, whatever. Ah. 39 <laughs> cents. 39 cents. <laughs> Maybe next time you could write to me, too. Okay? Thanks. Well, it might have been to you and not me. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. So, he says, Dear A-Holes, I think you're being a little hard on yourselves for the most recent podcast. While it certainly was a bit darker than most, <laughs> I don't think you crossed any lines. Hooray! While it wasn't as amused as Melissa by many items, neither was as offended as Lauren. (laughs) To a certain degree, you're confined to the material you have to work with. Remember that much of Washington's history was... Oh my gosh, your dad uses the big word. I'm skipping over that one. No, I'm uncomfortable. We'll do it together, Melissa. There's a Y in it. Okay, there's Ys in lots of words. A... 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 Do you know today? No, Evan can't do any of that. We're skipping over that one. John Veerling, teach me this word. Okay, anyway, um, debunking that was fun. By the time you get to Cleveland, by the time I get to Phoenix, you are dealing with the muckracking journalists who have uncovered a lot of nasty business. Certainly, we will have some fun topics going forward. You just have to do your best and make the darker ones palatable. Johnny Milwaukee. Thanks, Johnny, a.k.a. my dad. Um, That was super nice. I won't lie, I was kind of hoping there's a John Beerling who's a DJ in 
Europe. <laughs> I was kind of hoping it was because that means our podcast has become international and acclaimed by oh, DJs. That'd be uh, but that's not the case. It's just my dad being nice and listening. Yeah. Thank you for your listener mail. That was Thank fun. You listener mail. And again, listener, um, feel free to write into us. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and engage. There was a uh, not much of a debate over whether all of Grover and other Muppets Sesame, were Muppets. If Sesame Street characters were Muppets or if they weren't. And, and they, are. they are. Yep. Would you, you say Alicia Yoda for writing in and, is a Muppet, and proving Lauren? me right? He it's, is. All right. He is a Muppet. He is made by Jim Henson. <sighs> I swear. All you right. can look it up. That's fine. Alicia, get my back on this one again. You know, I secede. Um, <sighs> that's pretty much time. Oh, I, you, real quick. Right? iTunes. Okay. We're on iTunes. Rate and review. Yes. Subscribe. Um, the review. more re- reviews we get, the higher we are, and then maybe we'll rank for presidents. That's the goal. The That's the goal, is that this is how students learn about presidents. <laughs> I want them to be like, I have a test today. They quickly, they're like, I'll listen to something as like I'm walking to school. Minutes. They say, oh, it's only 45 minutes. They type in presidents. First one they listen to. That's my dream. Well, my dream is that you'll help me wheel in the yeah. wheel. All right. And we can get going here. Um, Evan, do you want to spin it this week? Sure. All right. Ready? Go. What? I wish. It, it always gets so close. Yeah, it's already past it, so whatever. I give up. Oh, we're going back. We're going to do James Madison? <gasps> Third president? Fourth. Fourth. Oh, Lauren. Fourth. Fourth. Jefferson Adams. No. <laughs> oh, Jefferson Washington, was the first president? Washington Adams. Help, Jefferson Madison. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. That's going to be fun. I'm excited to go back. We've been pretty time. modern We've recently. We've been recent, and I, and I like that we're going back to some simpler times. Um, next week, join us for episode 10. <gasps> 10! 10. Double digits. I know. Gosh. Um, We're gonna God bless our way out of this. Yes. Evan, thanks for the edible drink. Better than some, worse than others. Say it was drinkable, but maybe edible works too. I'll let you have that one. All right. All right. To God God bless bless America. America.